Hello everybody and welcome back to the bonus special discography series within the Rock and Beards podcast. That's the show where we break down stuff that's bands or in this case Bjork um, and just go through the albums track by track giving thoughts and opinions uh, on every song whatever just strikes out that's the goal of this to look for why these albums are made what the artist is going for with each song and just in general why people love them so much so since Bjork is next level and in this case we are going to be talking about the album post um I just I just felt like I had to go through all of our albums chronologically and that's basically what's going to be happening with this series my name is HSR Holden Stefan Roy and uh this is the second in the discography series that i'm doing so if you want to you can wherever it is in the corner check out and watch the debut album review that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago i don't know what the pace is going to be like on this probably every couple of weeks and i'll get into that once i start the show so this is just a little bit of the intro bit you can check the description of this video to see when the episode is actually going to start because i want to let you know that there is a huge chance that you person coming to this review are a much bigger bjork fan than i am and you've listened to her music a lot more and have connected with these tracks so i encourage you to leave any comments you'd like to leave i'm super open to have a conversation with you there and if you do make that effort to leave me a comment i will personally make that effort to respond to you pretty much as fast as i can i mean i've done it in a, like a minute or two which maybe is a little weird but if i'm sitting on my computer and i see the notification i'm gonna answer it anyway so so I care a lot about the comments and on the Bjork debut review, I got this incredible comment from Massimiliano Praticelli. I hope I said that right. Um, so this is a long comment. I'm not going to read the whole thing. So if you want to pause it and read it, I encourage you to. It's a very insightful one. And that's why I thought it was amazing because reading stuff like this just helps me know what to look for when i'm going through this journey of her music it's like all of the fans serving the role as like mentors to help guide me to the the proper place of understanding so he says uh this is an amazing review i was waiting so much for this to start do you remember me and i did because uh he commented on the utopia review that we did so i guess if you want to check that out uh we reviewed utopia when it came out and that was an incredible album to me it was one of my favorite albums of 2017 and so that was pretty cool plus if i hadn't remembered him i can always search through the comments which i found another comment anyway not really the point uh sometimes i ramble as part of either the charm or the shit that pisses you off on this show uh so i think debut is a very simple album for bjork standards this is her timidly taking her first step the uh, this music is extremely honest both soul stirring and heartwarming it's quite naive and a good way and there's that sense of wonder in, in, which is natural in children though though very thought-provoking at the same time i think in the anchor song she intently removed any possible kind of embellishments in order to just say this is the real me this conflict between the icelandic bjork and the bjork who's greedy for new experience which is the theme that comes back and evolves in post well i guess that's a spoiler alert for the themes as according to Massimiliano. anyway he goes on to just describe how the anchor song connects the two projects and really it's such an interesting thing it's definitely not something that i may have organically come to found and it's also not the kind of thing that's the easiest stuff to google because i know a lot of people like to do the go google that stuff before you review the album i do 
and there is information out there and i do the best i can with it but like one comment from such an amazing person like that is just so much better so for me that's what i want to build here is just that type of sharing because then everybody else coming to the review can add their opinion and we can just all appreciate what the fuck bjork does like that you know what i mean anyway so i think we can get into it very shortly and i want to just give a special thanks to the patrons in advance uh ismail kadamsi chris prado jonathan barnes uh dj black hurricane and lindale williams we'll touch on that at the end of the episode and on that note i think it's time to start talking about bjork's post album and so what i found out right off the jump is there's a bit of a remix album to this one so this whole review got delayed by a week because i wanted to make sure that we also talked about telegram so i hope that's kind of exciting for those of you who are here so we'll call this one a double whammy just because technically on the spotify list telegram would have been the next one on the list anyway but doing a remix album having just done this one i wouldn't have cared as much in the talking of telegram just because you know you know what i mean like it's just the remix album so it seems like a cool thing to accompany in with the post experience like it's attached to it anyway on that note um i think it's important to contextualize how familiar i am with bjork because that's a, a big part of your experience too is you seeing me if you think i'm like some kind of expert which i'm not you're gonna feel a certain way where if you understand that i'm very new to bjork's music and for me this is just like i want to run through all her albums in the order that they came out with the intention of kind of experiencing the journey of everything that led to utopia which i thought was such an incredible album and uh i started you know like i said with the po uh the first one uh debut went through it that was incredible that was fucking dope and then here i got to post and i'm just gonna keep running through it every few weeks i think i've said that twice now so sorry if that was redundant but i i'm just an open-minded person and i haven't yet got to listen to a lot of the interviews and gotten into more of the stuff surrounding her per se i've just kind of done with the albums at this point uh i don't have a lot more to really add just bear with me that this is all kind of new i understand that during the process of this thing she was dating a particular individual i mean during the process of recording bjork and it's the same guy who took the picture that is for the album cover uh mr stefan said now i don't know how to say that i'm so sorry and um basically yeah so like you can kind of see some of this stuff being expressed like this whole album is almost like a a brand new experience i guess like it's supposed to be like the counterweight to debut so i did read somewhere that when she had first come to london she'd always pictured doing like post and debut as kind of like counterbalancing albums to chronicle just the experiences of getting there and transitioning from her small home in iceland to like kind of the big city in a sense it's kind of a, a cool idea like i have always lived in a, a big city i live in montreal so i don't really know what it's like to live in a small town but if i ever did i bet it would be a serious transition i don't have a lot more to say about this i mean the album cover is bjork it's a picture taken by the same photographer guy that the, she broke up with and uh it's so colorful and interesting she's just standing there and you see all of these beautiful colorful signs just arrayed in the background like she's in some strange district of the city and whatnot and it's just mysterious and inviting and really really fucking cool like just this fierceness in her eyes this intensity like almost like 
a soberness to her face like she's ready to fuck you up in the way that she's looking at you if you cross her per se but at the same time you can just see this passion that's right there um i love the album title with post i mean it's after it, it's kind of like so i got there this was the beginning and here's the result of what's happened since i've been here on that note there is a whole bunch to talk about as we go through it the track by track so why don't we start off with the first song on the album army of me i mean this comes in heavy it, it is a strong start to the album it has intense almost industrial sounds like almost like rock infused energy to the track as she has an intensity and almost an anger in her voice as she's raging out this almost subdued anger right like it's not like she's she's lost control it, it feels like a threat and i say that a little bit knowing kind of what the song's about because bjork said it was kind of her brother was going through some annoying phase in life and so she wrote this track almost in response to his whining and complaining and maybe not making the right choices and whatnot and you can really see that reflected in the lyrics of this song so stand up you've got to manage i won't sympathize anymore now this is something i can very much relate to as a person and if you watch this uh, little brother of mine i'm sorry but he can be a relatively annoying person in in a sense of choices maybe he and i don't see eye to eye on the right way to live life touch things but at the same time he's totally able to complain and try to get your sympathy and i reached a place where and it created some conflict between us where i wasn't able to really sympathize or give him what he was looking for in it so when i heard this chorus and if you complain once more you'll meet an army of me and you hear her almost scream it out like she's ready to knock you the fuck out like you look at that album cover you picture this and then oh fuck the video is really cool i should have watched it again closer but like it's really imaginative and you almost see all this like car thing going through it it's very sci-fi-esque and i have to give your credit as far as the visuals go i'm not really big on music videos personally but i really found myself watching the video to army of me and i was kind of glued to it just kind of staring like holy shit this is an experience and a half and it's more engaging than the, the albums on debut maybe she had a better budget for it at this point but i thought it was so fucking cool anyway uh then you get to the second verse and it's like you're all right there's nothing wrong self-sufficiency please and get to work and from this you can see that all the complaining that's going on and again i relate to this so fucking personally is that this person isn't just really willing to do the the basic necessities within their life like and i couldn't even relate to it in myself when i was like let's say 10 years ago i uh, quit a job and i was living off of a credit card and i was amassing debt that i couldn't deal with because i wanted to sit there and like watch tv all day and play some video games and pretend like i could afford to live some life where i didn't have to do anything and then my life fell to shit and i still it took years for me to ever really apply myself and do the basics go to work get your paycheck get your bills paid handle your shit you know work towards it then added the dreams in and kind of built towards that so now that i've been on my journey for this long i can like look back and honest i can see this song talking about me once upon a time but then you can also see it i'm certain if you ever get on this grind and you ever start to achieve some shit in your life where certain people friends maybe it almost feels like you've outgrown them and when you hear their complaints and you hear their situations it's just you want to explode like this now 
to be fair i've had very close friends where maybe i've said some shit that can be paralleled like and if you complain once more you'll meet an army of me and they listen and they respond and then they'll do the same to me and i listen and i respond and that's some healthy shit but it's when it's just it doesn't work and you get left to this feeling that's explored in the third verse with you're on your own now we won't save you your rescue squad is too exhausted and that's like just the, the redundancy of the situation when somebody's just kind of begging for help like that like you kind of have to accept the fact that they just want your sympathy they're not actually willing to do the things now an unnamed person that is not my brother that i know of basically had a broken couch and just complained about it till his friend fixed it and that was some fucked up shit it was just like i heard about it and i'm like yo like you're you're too old to be put you know like it's just when you look at that and you use people in that kind of way inevitably you will be left on your own and she's she's almost warning him that look i'm cutting you off it's done we are over on this side of the fence and but at the same time it's warning everybody else that the people like bjork who are compassionate who are willing to help who are caring have limits to what they're going through so i can imagine this naive girl comes to the city and people try to take advantage and then you know and it fits this project in the sense where no nah, she's she's gonna stand her ground and she's gonna fuck you up and on top of that like this is 95 bjork sounds so fucking powerful like i could i could just imagine just hearing this track compared to maybe some of the fluffier pop bullshit that's going on and it's like bjork has this energy that i find so attractive and interesting to listen to like i just wish i could have a conversation with her so if y'all know bjork and you want to set up an interview that would be mad dope um on that note the main track uh as far as the music goes it kind of builds in and it layers up in intensity and like i said it's got these drums that are heavy this this overall heavier energy i'm so bad with describing the music um and it culminates and whatever and in the remix side of things because if we get to the remix it's just like this more industrialized screaming pulsey it's like i believe it's like the the army of me regular is three minutes and 54 seconds and the remix ends up being almost a minute longer and it's a lot less of her vocals you kind of have this weird guitar screechy things also that kind of come in at the end with some head boppy rhythms after this culminating moment so it's like nothing for like two minutes or like two-thirds of the song just building up this beat i'm talking about the remix now and you're just feeling the energy of like this track it's almost like and, and i'm, I'm kind of pulling this because that's what bjork said she was going for with it but she she describes how she wanted uh telegram to be more of a, a stripped down bare bones energy driven of what the, the essence of what the song is supposed to be uh, hearing that and looking at the contrast between the more album worthy army of me like it's almost like a single like you can bang to that shit and it's fucking dope to listen to but then you listen to this remix and honestly i had this experience with the remix album where the first time i heard this i was like fuck that this is trash and then i realized what the fuck bjork is weird actually means because like i didn't think she was that weird on a po uh, debut and even listening to post i was like that's not that weird but when i listened to telegram i was like okay we have entered the bjork is weird zone as far as i'm concerned now i realized that listening to bjork is very similar to listening to like lyrically dense pun driven hip-hop i'm talking about the proper shit i'm talking about the stuff that you actually have to listen to five six times to catch the nuances of the situation and i feel like with 
the entire telegram actually with all of what i've heard of bjork you have this experience where the first time you hear the song you're hearing the song and i feel like i go through this with most music actually like your first listen your brain almost just encodes this is a new stimulus and what's not your second listen is when you start to really because your brain almost expects what's going to start coming you kind of remember what's about to happen next so you can start focusing on the different elements of what's going on by listen three or four though your brain is maybe broken shit down and that's when you start catching the fucking little brilliances of what's going on so i ended up listening to telegram for the first time while i was at work and holy shit did i not feel that shit i um then proceeded to listen to the album and maybe i i um had you know was in a chiller mind state if you can catch my drift and it was quite uh nice and i i had my headphones on and i was just in the zone and i realized how fucking cool and well put together the energy of the songs on telegram are so if you're looking for something that's based on listenability i don't know if telegram's gonna be for you unless you're into weird shit but if you look at it like army of me this kind of broke it and it's like laid on the album it's track nine on telegram but i'm doing this in the order of post and it's like this fucking angry explosive like you get the actual emotion that she's going for almost vocally in the standard army of me but in the instrumentally driven one until about two-thirds in when it culminates into this remixy techno we kind of feel as she goes army of me and it just then goes into that guitar noisy shit and it just culminates like it's almost like the, the track got inversed and all of a sudden like maybe the vocals get pushed away and zooms in on like the instrumental passion going on I don't know it's it's cool to have this like back and back to do it like this i've never done this in an album review so all that to say i was blown away um it, oh yeah bjork blows up a museum in the music video and then the letters fall and it just says mum i don't know why i wrote that down but i felt that was significant enough to, to point out bjork blows up a museum i remember that now still I gave the original version on post. That's how we're going to call it, the original. Uh, that's a five. That is a mind-blowing fucking next-level experience. I connected with it. It was hella dope. The remix version gets a 4.5 after multiple listens. It was not a 4.5 at first. I almost upped every grade on the remix when I checked it out today again to make sure it's still... Because I realized I liked it a lot more on like listen five than i did on listen one so i had to but i gave it a 4.5 like i can vibe to that shit now it took a few listens but now i feel it right and it's cool so 4.5 anyway the next track is called hyper ballad and i guess it's the family tree version i'm gonna state right off the jump i don't remember this music video so we're gonna just call it insignificant in the sense of my opinion you guys can like the music video i'm really bad with that shit um but this song this song is a fucking special one too and i think that's what i really like about bjork's music is that not only does the music just change and it becomes a different experience i believe on this album for paul she was trying to make every song be a distinct musical experience which which i admire the effort it's incredible how well she pulls this off but um lyrically it, it's something special i think because i've been in a relationship now for four and a half to almost five years and it's been it's been quite almost no it's about five years in about a month or two i don't know still i should know 
but um it's incredible like just hearing something like we live on a mountain top right at the top there's a beautiful view from the top of the mountain and every morning i walk towards the edge and, th and throw little things off like car parts bottles and cutlery or whatever i find lying around so it's it so like it almost sounds like my life is perfect i've got what i want you know and i look at this almost like a metaphor to the relationship of a situation like basically i'm happy i, I like what i have here but still every morning i go off on my own and i just do some destructive bullshit you know it's almost like i don't want you to see this weird ass shit that i'm doing you know and i feel like we all have that stuff like i'm certain that there are things that she does not feel comfortable with me knowing about like she might do on her own business that i've never like she might have some weird ass shit she does that i've literally never seen heard of or know about and honestly there might be some weird shit i do that she just may have never noticed and you know you end up finding solace in how you hide your little weird intricacies from people anyway in her case it might be being explosive enough to throw mundane objects off of a fucking cliff it's completely irrational it's completely almost dumb but it's become a habit a way to start the day right it's just like something that she does now and then we don't know why at this point in the song but the music kind of builds up and in the original version it's almost got this more dancey kind of music feel like this really cool pop driven thing i really love the energy of this song and as the song goes on it's almost like layers kind of flow into it to increase the energy impact of the emotion she's going for on the remix it's all sorts of strong as violin string sounding shit super excessive and whatnot and loud honestly this was one song that i went from hating the remix on to absolutely falling in love with once i listened to it more and more again um as it culminates into this chorus i go through all this before you wake up so i can feel happier to be safe up here with you so i guess i interpret this as she takes her time to go do her little crazy shit this little semblance maybe of her life before being with somebody else and i relate to that because like i guess at work me and the dudes will talk about like have our lie around in our filth disgusting fucking days where you might eat exorbitant amounts of food and like it falls on you and you're like eh, she's not here and you just do it because you haven't been a bachelor in years and you absolutely miss it sometimes not not like enough to go back to it but you just still miss it and it's almost like there's a version of you that's single and a version of you that's in the relationship and after a while of being in the relationship you kind of crave parts you are single so you find like this little solace to do it so maybe maybe it's watching maybe it's video games or, or i don't know whatever it is y'all have your own versions you know what weird shit you do to, to vent or express or maybe you have some creepy shit that you just do that's that's weird you just don't want anyone to know i think i'm being redundant still so you go do it on your own and keep it like it's your own little shrine for your own sanity so that you can have that thing so that you can then go be the proper partner that you're supposed to be because you also want that other thing because in order to be the person you're supposed to be in the relationship and feel secure in that new role that's less maybe independent you have that little shrine of independence over there like something so drastic is throwing shit off a click like 
She goes on a little bit more in the second verse. It's early morning. No one is awake. I'm back in my cliff, still throwing things off. I listen to the sounds they make on their way down. I follow with my eyes till they crash. I imagine what my body would sound like slamming against these rocks. So she's kind of throwing stuff down. And then I thought it was interesting how even there's this semblance of throwing herself off the cliff, which if you look at it in the semblance of a relationship right so you go do maybe these little self-destructive things now maybe let's talk about it in like something like infidelity so maybe you have a little flirty flirt here and there like you you meet some cashier and every time you go to the grocery store and you go flirt with that person and you feel like yeah this is cool this is like a little bit of a assembly i'm just saying maybe and then every now and again as you're going through the flirting you consider what it would be like to throw yourself off the cliff you know actually fuck this person to have that little side thing to go go ahead and pursue that next situation but in a sense what you're doing with that when you throw yourself off would be sabotaging your actual relationship through some kind of self-destructive behavior anyway and when it lands will my eyes be closed or open so when you go through that self-destructive thing will that person still be there will it end stuff you know you almost fantasize about flirting with the end of a relationship and honestly i think most people who have been in a long ass relationship that's serious not like some petty shit like where you're actually trying and whatnot and like you absolutely wake up and have moments where you kind of feel like you got to go do some crazy i'm not implying that you go cheat I'm saying that you might have this need to go find some semblance and anchor yourself to the person that you were before being in that relationship. You have this panic that you'll lose yourself or some other crap. Anyway, it culminates and it just fucking explodes up. And honestly, whether it's the beautiful crescendo, I think that's the right word, of like multiple violinies exploding in your ears while she's like screaming like, I go through. Oh, I don't know if the right singing part, but like she screams it out and you feel her getting louder and more intense and the music builds up around. Or even in the same way in a calmer but more pleasurable, we'll call it. So let's say the violin version is more explosive in terms of the energy of what you're feeling, this anxiety, this excitement of the situation versus the more song version which is more encompassing as like this is actually something you want to vibe to it's a great fucking song but both do the same parallel course of of explosiveness at the end where you just feel like honestly you just want to stand on top of a mountain and scream out like the, the lyrics to this track and whatnot and i think it's fucking incredible both versions of the song get a 4.75 like like on the one hand you get orgasmic sounding levels of passion and on the other hand you get a bless ass fucking song i, I just i'm blown away bjork is absolutely fantastic since i know like people who come to these reviews like it when i like stuff i'm so happy that i don't have to fake any of this this is pure genuine i like what the fuck i'm hearing um on that note we can move on then to the next track on this project, which is called Modern Things. I, I don't really know how to describe the music, but the drums, there's like a lot of rapid snares and this like bass that's like boom, 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 or something along those lines. And it just kind of builds in with this. All I can say is it doesn't sound fucking Western. It has this like out there worldly kind of sound to it. And um uh she does half of it in icelandic so instead of reading the icelandic parts in any attempt to read it 
uh, I'm just going to read what the fine people at Genius translated as into English so that we can go through that because I think it's an interesting track. All the modern things, like cars and such, have always existed. They've just been waiting in a mountain for the right moment, listening to the irritating noises of dinosaurs and people dabbling outside. Now, what I take from that is, if you really think about stuff in like a metaphysical, kind of atoms are just rearranged type of way, and you consider the universe, everything in this room of mine, everything in your room, your little device that you're watching this on, etc., it all technically was there thousands and thousands of years with the dinosaurs and the people and everything and all the noise and shit all of these atoms and stuff are just in a different form somewhere else almost waiting for the right moment in history where they would be here being utilized in this way at least that's what i took from it and I, it's almost like taking maybe a look at our technology and saying while it's incredible for all of the wonderful modern things that exist today and again maybe i'm completely wrong on this but still um in a sense none of this is new it's all just stuff rearranged right and it kind of it's like we apply maybe too much wonder to the electronics and the toys and the webcams and the microphones and all that shit and instead we ignore the mountains and the trees and the nature that technically all of this stuff once was before we took that nature and converted the energy and the resources and everything into these different little modern toys that we play with. See, I've been getting into the environmental shit lately. Not to say it's shit. I actually really sincerely care about this planet and I'm slowly trying to curb my terribly destructive habits, which is fucking hard. So when I hear something like this, I was like, damn, that's a super interesting perspective. You know, maybe we do attribute way too much shit in terms of the, the modern stuff. Uh, like plastic how much of our modern toys are made of plastic still the chorus thingy is no one pays attention to us this is again i'm translating it trusting the fine genius people no one pays much attention to us the sun sets nobody knows how to pull out the best of me it's sunny when he delivers a vital breath he bites me he bites me yes he approaches he follows after me he waits he flies by me i don't 100 percent know what the fuck that means um I do kind of get the feeling it's it's almost like maybe taking on the persona of the planet or nature and it's how we neglect shit. Like, I, I don't know what that, that meant, but it sounds so fucking cool to listen to her sing in the Icelandic. It really does. I love the way she, I don't know. It, it That's as far as I can go with that one. In the verse 2, she flips back to a, a language I speak where she goes, All the modern things have always existed. They've just been waiting to come out and multiply and take over. It's their turn now. And so that really made me think about plastic and how all the modern things are almost based on this plastic and how we allow it to multiply to a point where virtually every aspect of our life is plastic-driven in some way. And, and like ultimately it is multiplying and taking over ecosystems and shit like even the super microscopic fishies are have like super microscopic plastic shit in their microscopic bellies and whatnot and so it got me thinking about that and overall it's a really cool song um i feel like we just kind of made me consider how we really just do neglect nature and the natural world 
to pursue our modern things because it's so easy to blame companies for their destructive nature but on the real how many of us the people the large democratic dollar people actually consider the impact of the companies we purchase or how often we care about the environment up into a point and i include myself like if i really cared i would never use amazon again because even if you buy a lot of shit just the trucks and the traveling speeds and everything that goes into this mass-produced efficient machine is destructive and but i'm going to use amazon again because i'm a hypocrite in that regard I'm, I'm working on it one day life will hopefully allow me to be like a million percent eco-friendly but one change at a time right that's what we can do with this still tracks a 4.5 um i like the little dinglies that show up at the end of the song that really just add some charm to it i don't know what instrument or whatever but it just dinglies i think you all know what i mean this song does not appear on telegram so there's no polarity of the two versions to discuss but uh we can go on to it's oh so quiet this song is also not on telegram but apparently this song is a strange exception for bjork because it is a cover the original writers of this song is sorry i'm just looking at betty hudson and it's the same song as oh so quiet so it's this little 1950s track she redid and it's a really fun song at first i was like oh crap it's show tunesy really not my style of music i'm still kind of at that it's show tunesy really not my kind of music but i got over myself and listened to it and i'm not gonna lie this is one of the rarest things for me but it was watching the music video to this song and watching how much fun she was having like you can just see it in her voice like or her face and everything like i mean there's probably a lot of people who grew up watching a lot of musicals that in the back of their mind want nothing more than to be like the star of one of these things where everybody dances around you and everything just falls into place perfectly and she does this like little sequence and i couldn't help it but crack this smile and feel completely enamored as she danced around and i'll be honest you can tell she's not a professional at this kind of thing but she went in with 100% sincerity, sold it so well that I came to really like this song for one of the first times ever because of the music video. But it, it's a weird one, right? Like, so it's like, shh, shh, it's oh so quiet, you know, so still, you're all alone and so peaceful. And she keeps shushing between those lines and it's like really melodramatic. And then it just, it's so calm and quiet, you know, your life's lonely and boring. And, you know, that's the narrative of the verse. So it's, it's this contrast between when you're single and you're pining and you just want to be with somebody and everything's quiet and boring and in our world that's when you're glued to the social media and you're just kind of cruising through facebook going why can't the person just talk to me i digress all of a sudden it explodes into this you fall in love zam boom and it just explodes in the music and like it just it, it's the complete opposite almost like the presence of love and that relationship in your life is this emotionally explosive and exciting like it brings the noise and vibrancy to your life and then you have the little part you've never been so nuts about a guy you want to laugh you want to cry you cross your heart and hope to die so it's great you're losing yourself in the guy and it's incredible and you know 
uh, it's like when you're in that first little phase and everything's magical and you just you, you don't even want to like tell people yet but you can't even help it and you're just giggly and you're scared that it's not going to work out but then it's over and then shh, shh, it's nice and quiet but soon again starts another big riot so after that relationship ends you go back to the boring and the calm and then it blows into the second song you blow a fuse the devil cuts loose so what's the use of falling in love and then it's almost when you're going through the second part it's like yes there's another relationship happening but this doesn't sound as fun it sounds like what's the fucking point why am i doing this it's just gonna get back to the point where it's painful and it ends and you get to the third verse where it's oh so quiet so still you're all alone and so peaceful until and then of course the quiet music gets replaced with the super explosive you ring the bell bim bam you shout and yell ho hi ho ho you broke the spell and then uh, the little part after, gee, this is swell. You almost have a fit. This guy is gorge and I got hit. There's no mistake. This is it. And then it's over again. I'm like, damn, this, this song is like chronicling the ups and downs and the hopes and the disappointments of dating from like this super idealistic romantic perspective of almost throwing yourself into every relationship and falling in love time and time again. And then you know you're left again with that question what so what's the use wow bam a falling in love and then the sky caves in the devil cuts loose you blow 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 your fuse when you fall in love Shh. so understanding that i guess she had a troublesome relationship maybe she related to the lyrics of this which she had apparently just copped on a cd and like they heard the song fell in love with it uh they bought it at a truck stop and it was called divas all these american divas singing songs is what she said um so basically this track is fun it is hella interesting to listen to and i really like what bjork does with show tunes it made me really enjoy it i gave it a 4.5 on 5 there's this screech she does at one point like when it culminates almost the climax of her screaming and her frustration that is it's it's piercing in a way that completely sells the painful almost frustrating nature of it not working out but also impressive for how not annoying it is bjork's voice is incredible just gotta throw it out there so this one's also not on telegram we're gonna leave it with a 4.5 it's truly great you could say that i enjoy this album so far so this one is like I don't know if I, I enjoy it as much. Uh, the track is kind of like very repetitive compared to maybe some of the other ones, almost like it's meant to be more groove driven. And yes, it builds up and it does it, but it really sticks almost to the core sound. I feel a little bit more lyrically. It's got, I wish I want to stay here. I wish this to be enough. I wish I only love you. I wish simplicity. And you kind of get the sense that she, is is like meeting maybe some person some stranger or maybe it's even talking about like the city or the the pace of the life that she's she's kind of in or maybe it's all like new experiences and she wants to have this simple situation where she can have what she wants but it feels like when she's meeting this person it's more complicated than that because she maybe wants to escape right like I wish I want to stay here. I wish this be enough. I wish I only love you. I wish simplicity. But that implies that there is this person that none of these things check true for that she's kind of with now. So then it goes into this like little 
pre-chorus where it's like look at the speed uh, out there it magnetizes me to it and i have no fear i'm only into this enjoy 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 um so i think again she looks around the city and i think it really is more about the city than it is about maybe a particular person or maybe the impact of the city on relationships and when you're in a city like and i mean i've always been in montreal it's a fast-paced environment everyone's in a rush everybody's like strangers don't have time to talk to you there's always something to do there's always somewhere to go like if you live in montreal every day of the the year there's a thing to go do and you're almost encouraged to get out there and you'll find your independence you know and it's almost hedonistic in in its sense so when you get to that enjoy it, it it sounds like go out there and be in the world and it, it it almost calls away from the calmness and the more meaningful simple things of maybe a, a simple relationship and if we think about it maybe from a more romantic sense it's almost like saying i could lock myself down with just you or i could go fuck like a slut and i don't mean that in a negative sense i'm not really trying to slut shame i just didn't have a better word i could go fuck around I guess there's no really way to put that proper. I hope you guys got what I was trying to say. And it's almost like maybe that conflict and the city almost encourages you into that promiscuity as opposed to taking it. And if you consider her coming from the little town to the big city, maybe her old values are being pulled into question. And then you see that with, I wish I'd only look and didn't have to touch. I wish I'd only smell this and didn't have to taste. How can I ignore? This is sex without touching. I'm going to explore. I'm only into this. Uh, and then it's like, you would see her like it's almost like can you imagine like just going or i mean i can't so i guess if you're from a small town onto a big city it must be like there's so many new restaurants and places to go shopping and clubs and just things to go do that whereas on a friday night there was like nothing and it's like all of these experiences maybe excite you in the city in a sense can get you off like in the same kind of way that sex does the dopamine releases the addiction to all of these fancy things and you are so tempted is what i take from that i wish i'd only luck and didn't have to touch like i want it i see it i want it i got it like that ariana grande song and i don't know i i feel like it's just kind of exploring that but then what i i think is interesting about the music and it's really culminated in the remix is that it's very noisy bjork is almost buried a little bit in it like as much as she's trying to like get her point across it's almost drowned out by the chaos and the noise like she craves this simplicity but the music is complex and loud and enveloping and if you think about being in a city there's all these sounds and this noise and especially a place like montreal where depending on where you are like it literally just never stops i'm not kidding well maybe from three to five in the morning it's kind of dead but outside of that maybe i'm exaggerating it's not new york but like either way i feel like it's meant to be this chaotic experience and it's meant to have that music really put the stress of this environment and in the remix it's just like there's barely any vocals you kind of have the ah, ah, kind of like sampled in and there you can you can tell in the bass melodies that they're kind of the same song in terms of the structuring so it really does feel like a remix but it's just like this industrial kind of crushing heavy sound and it's just obnoxious and in your face on the remix and it made me realize at that point that the energy of this song is supposed to be that chaos it's supposed to be like you're being brainwashed into enjoying all of this chaos and this this insane experience of maybe hedonism and pushing and shit and it's just maybe overwhelming i don't know i really thought that part of it was pretty cool maybe i missed the point on it on that note 
This is definitely of the songs I've heard so far, my least favorite one to date, and I give it a 4.35. It is an incredible song by any means. Like, we are talking about a brilliant artist here. I just don't like this one as much. And then the, the remix, I thought to myself, if I was back in maybe a rave, ripped on a certain uh, Molly type thing, I would be enthralled with this shit, but I'm not in that environment. And I appreciate how well composed it is and how good the groove of the energy of the track is. But still, I don't know. I only give it a 4.25. Act like that's a bad grade. It's not. It's a great grade. Still, it's not as high as the other ones I've been giving. So I always feel a little bit bad. That's okay. End of the day, you've been flirting again. So there are two versions of this one. And the first one is very short compared to what we've heard. It's only two minutes and 30 seconds songs. Sorry, it's only two minutes and 30 seconds long. And um, it's calm. It has this almost fluty, airy kind of feel to it. The song's called You've Been Flirting Again. And I think you're supposed to be keeping that in mind as you listen to the words, all that she said was true. All that she said was true. Give her some time. Give her some space. All that she said was true. Then in the second verse, all that she meant was good, you know, same kind of shit. Then the third verse is how you reacted was right. How you reacted was right. Give her some time, give her some space. And it's super ambiguous and whatnot. And it's kind of airy. And it made me picture, especially when I heard the remix, which kind of takes this dial and cranks it up to 10 like disney princesses and this air of romance and mystery and kind of being carefree and and, and almost feel like youthfulness in it and if you think about it you can only imagine how maybe she's out there and she has this personality that we know from the last album with stuff like big time sensuality where like she's super into expressiveness and i bet she just approaches everybody like she's their best friend and now that maybe she's a little bit older a little bit more confident with herself she's maybe accidentally flirting with all sorts of people or maybe she's intentionally flirting with all kinds of people maybe she's single at this point and she's out there just kind of considering that you know her intentions are just that like she's flirting with you that isn't necessarily a signal that it's going to go anywhere it's not necessarily like you've got in anything it's just kind of an introduction almost like she's saying hi she's just kind of testing the waters and so while she was being honest maybe she called you cute and attractive or whatever maybe she said she liked you give her some time give her some space she needs to maybe absorb it maybe the flirting is just kind of casual and it isn't necessarily super reflective of shit all that she meant was good so maybe if it turns out that she wasn't that interested and she's moved on and stuff when in that moment when she was just flirting with you it was totally an innocent thing like since we've all seen the tinder world and learned a lot about what online dating has revealed about it you can imagine how many guys maybe bjork flirted with and changed her mind on who got completely butthurt over the fact that she no longer was interested in them so when she looks at the people who did give her time give her space maybe understood the situation everybody was cool-headed you get this how you reacted was right thing and then maybe that could build towards something and whatever as long as you respect her is what i got the point of this is to respect the fact that flirting is flirting she recognizes maybe it can be a little bit misleading maybe there are some consequences to flirting but ultimately don't act like flirting is something you just jump down her fucking throat with um the first version of it is very calm it's nice to listen to 
it's simple like it's 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 not meant to be this thing it's almost like whimsical like she's kind of having a little joke with herself as she just reflects like it's slowly sang out it doesn't culminate into this crazy thing it's just calm you know and, and it ends up so i get that one a 4.35 um the remix it almost feels like the same track exactly but jacked up a little bit more intense effects more like amplified in the sense of like this mysterious magical experience it's like the idea of flirting being magic jacked up like i said and i know like you can almost just picture the cartoon animals running up to bjork and she's singing to them and shit as you're listening to this remix and whatnot at least that was how i approached it and i thought it was super intense and i liked it a little bit more i feel like it was more engaging and it almost feels more climatic at the end of it and i thought that was super fun so in this case i actually like the remix more than i like the original not like like significantly more so i gave it a 4.4 on 5 it's a truly fun little track in the halfway point of this album and like you really get this sense of like her questioning stuff like she's got her independence maybe her relationship isn't so perfect and she's craving some new things is love is a complicated situation the city's a complicated place to live in dealing with people and flirting and stuff is all sorts of complicated leading up to talking about isobel I feel like this is the remix version that actually had a remix version that is the most similar to the original to a point where I could barely tell the difference between them um it i mean there is differences like the mixing changes the emphasis on certain things and i don't think everything's it's not exactly the same but they're so similar that i'm having trouble describing to you the differences and i can't actually tell which version i like more but the remix is 20 seconds longer so since it's a good song maybe the remix wins because you get that extra little 20 seconds either way this one she did not write by herself apparently she had wrote an entire book full of like lyric like just notes of what she could do with this song and she was fucking losing her mind and she couldn't write it so she contacted a sjohn sjo with an accent and i have no idea how to say that a friend of her an icelandic poet and they uh got together and they wrote out this this crazy song so it's inspired by magical realism i'm reading this off of genius because i can't word it better the lyrics of isabel tell the story of a girl born in the forest who sends a message in favor of intuition and instinct to the inhabitants of the city this track marked whatever uh it's a the first contribution of this poet in bjork so when i thought about it now with the context of that little build-up i've had it's almost like we can get to this point where she's maybe looking at how she sees herself or how maybe she's communicating with this this energy inside of it so in a forest pitch dark glowed the tiniest spark it burst into flame like me like me my name is isabel married to myself my love isabel living by herself so now it's like you know you think about it you know she's out there in the world in this city and she's maybe found this like characterization of this person or this symbol that she can relate to and aspire to be maybe i'm misreading it a bit or maybe she imagines herself as isabel in a heart full of dust lives a creature called lust it surprises and scares like me like me you know you, you look at maybe her experiences and she probably has some super authentic experiences and they're probably challenging and she's had ups and downs and all sorts of stuff going on and you get the 
the thing that she finds, like, I don't know, I just feel like she's a real person listening to this, like, somebody that's exciting, that's willing to push taboos and shit. Uh, when she does it, she means to, Moth delivers her message unexplained on her collar, crawling in silence, a simple excuse, in a tower of steel, nature forges a deal to raise wonderful hell like me. I don't really fully understand how this is a, a person inspiring other people to do shit, like the description says, but I do see how maybe she feels like this Isabel creature is calling to her in a sense where she's relating to her that's encouraging her to, to go in a more liberal, express, hedonistic almost. It's almost like embrace the hedonism of your world and stop making excuses, pursue your shit, go do what you got to do even if you're going to make mistakes and whatnot. Overall, this feels like this crazy mythical adventure, this fucking interesting experience. Um, I gave this song a 5 on 5. I gave the remix a 5 on 5. I, again, I can't tell the difference that much. So to me, they're both incredible. It, it To me, this song is one of the highlights to the album. Like She's just like, my name is Obel. Like You just kind of get enthralled. Like It envelops you. And you almost get sucked into it like some siren in the distance calling you out into the water to drown and die and shit. I was a little morbid. Still, five on five. Track is next level. And uh, why don't we talk about love as we go through an adventure on possibly maybe. I mean, Bjork said that the way she structured this song is she wanted every verse to represent a month of a relationship and this is probably about photographer dude that we mentioned a bit earlier and chronicling maybe how that relationship progressed of when he's still like involved in making the album and shit so everybody's a good sport i don't know maybe they weren't good sports still i thought that was cool like i don't know how i'd feel like taking the photo having my photograph and shit being used on the album when the girl's taking shots at me but maybe if it was all amiable it's all good still the first verse has you flirt, it finds me out, uh, teases the crack in me, smittens me with hope, and it's calm, and it's soothing, and it builds up, and she's just like, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe. So when you think about that chorus, she's just kind of pensive. You meet somebody new, you're in the first couple of dates, it's exciting, you know, possibly, maybe, this is going to grow into this wonderful situation. It's awesome. It's exciting. It's, it's almost like this is a positive of the possibly, maybe. And then in verse two, you get, as much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending little time with you sometimes, sometimes. So here in the second verse, it's getting a little bit more real. You like your independence. You like being alone, you know, maybe you like waking up on your own you don't want to have to deal with somebody in the morning and then as time has gone this person's crept into your mind and all of a sudden you're like damn it i actually kind of wish they were here more or you find yourself alone and wanting to be around that person more so you know it's it's exploring it's growing so possibly maybe probably love so we add that variable into the chorus and again it flows and as the song progresses the beat kind of evolves and adds different elements to express the emotional tone right and then the third verse in the third month of this relationship everybody knows that's when shit gets real uncertainty excites me baby who knows what's going to happen lottery or car crash or you'll join a cult so maybe she's talking to her friends and everybody's wondering about the future and it's all crazy maybe it'll be like this is winning the lottery or maybe it's going to be like a car crash or maybe you'll die and you'll join a cult or some shit 
and it's really like it's almost building up it's still happy it, it's good like probably maybe possibly love possibly maybe this is probably maybe possibly love so it's almost like we've adding more probabilities there's less uncertainty like we're almost deciding that this is actually happening that this is actually moving forward in the way it's going so things are good the first three months have built up trust is there boom we are moving forward to mon petit vulcan vulcan I don't know how to say Vulcan in French, but I do know how to say Montpetit. Uh, your eruptions and disasters, I keep calm. Admiring your lava, I keep calm. So I think the Montpetit Vulcan is she's talking about her French boyfriend. So it's a little shot so he knows what's up. And Vulcan stoic, maybe somebody that keeps calm and cool up until the moments they're not. So he, maybe he's got a bad temper and he gets explosive and she keeps calm. She's still into it. It's okay. But you see a little bit chone, right? Possibly, maybe, probably love, possibly, maybe, probably love. Maybe this is a little bit of doubt, maybe a little bit of a, a bad sign. Like we've gotten a little less away from love back to an earlier chorus. So maybe in month four, there's a little bit of doubt and shit. But then in verse five, as we get to month five, electric shocks. I love them with you dozen a day. But after a while, I wonder, where's the love you promised me? Where is it? You know, like. So maybe this guy is just taking shots at her now and he's making her feel bad and it's impacting her. And she's starting to question everything like, okay, I mean, as much as I love you and the situation, like this isn't exactly what was as advertised. Where is that relationship I'm supposed to be getting? And then um, we get the chorus, possibly, maybe, probably, love, possibly, 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 maybe, probably, love, possibly. Now it, it almost sounds more wishful, like... It still has the idea that love can be there, but instead of being hopeful, instead of being like whatever, it almost sounds like the possibly like this is a, a hope and a prayer and shit is the more predominant word that we're supposed to be focusing on. It's no longer probably. It's not really maybe. It's just a thing that could happen, you know? And love is still there because it's moved on. You're in month four. Love is a real part of it, but it's still possibly's. Verse six, because there's a lot of verses. Again, it blows. It just keeps going. They're short though, and it tells its story. How can you offer me love like that? My heart's burned. How can you offer me love like that? I'm exhausted. Leave me alone. Get the fuck away. The relationship's ending. It's bad times. He's fucked up. The way he treats her is not poor, uh, good. And so now we're back to possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe. Like we're back to the beginning. Nobody's there anymore. That love is gone. Like love is no longer in this situation. And then since we broke up, I'm using lipstick again. I suck my tongue at you in, rem uh, in remembrance of you. So now she's back out there. I took the lipstick line as she's allowed to look pretty and go out there and be single and do whatever. Like there's maybe a semblance of him trying to control her appearance. Like he maybe called her a harlot because only harlots wear lipstick. And so in defiance of the things she wasn't allowed to do, she's using lipstick, but it could also be taken in a way that, well, we broke up. I'm back on the scene. Fuck you. I don't really care no more. And that's a bunch of possibly maybes until the song fuck ends. It's beautiful. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's a fucking five on five. Like, cause it chronicles this relationship in such an honest way where I bet 
anybody that's done the six-month relationship knows exactly how the fuck that feels on both ends of it so that's an incredible experience then there's the remix where it's just fucking weird and all these effects and this explosiveness and passion and it just focuses in on two of the verses um the electric part and it just fucking screeches and gets crazy with it and she kisses her uh sucks her tongue and then part gets played again and then it just like in the middle like it stops for a second as it builds up the thing but it's almost like in the remix which is i think the start of the remix album yeah it's that it just focuses in on the part where the relationship is over like it's not like it, it just ignores the rest of it it's almost like it takes the climax of the song the main crux of it and explores that for a few minutes and just takes that emotion and again jacks it up to 10 which i think is what the point of the telegram album is supposed to be to jack that emotion up to 10 um it's a really crazy pitch shifted fucking weird experience and i gave it a 4.4 because i like it but I definitely like the original a lot more for possibly maybe. I don't actually know if it's the original. I don't know what order the songs came out. Maybe Bjork recorded them all in weird orders. That's possible. There's a lot of different versions of some of this shit. Um, anyway, I really dug that track. Uh, on that note, I don't have a lot more to say on this one at this point. It's incredible. You should hear it out. It's fucking dope. On that note, track nine of the, fuck, the post album is I Miss You. This is a freaking interesting music video where Bjork becomes a bunch of sexy-ass cartoon characters and flows in and out of reality. She looks freaking hot as a redhead, not even gonna lie. Um, this is a really cool song. Uh, this is one of my absolute favorites on this album. The the like A, the video was engaging just because it almost shows her desire and her liberated spirit is i guess a way to put it and i really appreciate that like honestly like as a person she can't necessarily express herself to a fullest so she has to go into this like cartoon form and even in the video you get this little commentary like she can't be naked unless she's a cartoon character or some shit like that you know oh apparently i think it was possibly maybe well let me double check that uh apparently i yeah, possibly maybe she recorded that song naked is the rumor out there i don't look too deep into it if you if you do know if it's true or not you can let us all know in the comments but as far as i miss you this seems to be like uh like a almost like a love song to a person she hasn't met yet her utopian person so the relationship's done now she almost wants to meet the next dude and she's just maybe a little bit in heat almost it almost sounds like she's ready to go ready to meet this amazingly sexy individual to like take her away and charm her and the music has just got this tango latin feel that just kind of makes you want i don't know maybe i'm picking the wrong words but it just makes you want to dance and move and vibe to it and it has this great and sexy energy to it um I miss you, but I haven't met you yet. So special, but it hasn't happened yet. You are gorgeous, but I haven't met you yet. I remember, but it hasn't happened yet. So it's almost like she's env envisioning this person through this effort of visualizing her dream partner into real life. And we see this in the chorus. And if you believe in dreams or what is more important that a dream can come true, I will meet you. And honestly, if you think about all the business strategies that people tell you about life, you're supposed to visualize your dream, this grandiose thing that you're going for. And then you're supposed to work backwards and figure out how to get there. So it's almost like she's taking that approach of successful business dealings in finding a partner that she finds suitable. 
I was peeking, but it hasn't happened yet. I was giving my best souvenir. I miss you, but I haven't met you yet. I know your habits, but wouldn't recognize you yet. So it's almost like she knows the person she wants. She's figured out the prototype. She's got it. She knows what the fuck her type is, but yet she has not met that person. Still, she's impatient. Uh, she's hopeful. She's she's waiting. She almost longs for this person. And it's so exciting too. The music lets you know it's exciting. It's almost like an adventure. Like she's figured out who this person is and she can't even wait to get out there into the world and find this person out there. Um, I'm so impatient. I can't stand the wait. When will I get my cuddle? Who are you? I know by now that you'll arrive by the time I stop waiting. And then there's that little truth about how this shit actually works in a relationship. So this honestly sounds like rebounding. And that's what I believe the last part is. When you are rebounding in a relationship, you go out there and you want anybody and you're a little bit desperate. Maybe your standards are a little bit lower and you'll maybe have some experiences. But as you start to figure out who you're looking for, you'll come to realize that you're not going to find that person until you stop looking almost. It's when you start to focus maybe on your adventures and your life and world that all of a sudden this person will pop into your life. So it's almost like as she's longing and longing this whole way through, she gets to the end part where where she realizes yeah but as long if i keep doing this it's not gonna happen so i thought it was an incredible track it really realistic again and that's what i i think is amazing about her music is that she talks about things male female whoever you are uh you will appreciate it or enjoy it because she is talking about base human emotions it's almost like she's taking a very george carlin approach to the way that she does songwriting on this is such a relatable little ditty and then you go to the remix which is fucking hip-hop like this jazzy new york hip-hop fucking groove ass shit it features this rapper dobie who comes and pops up he says shit like i had a dream i was missing you and i miss you and if i miss you then i'll be there with speed etc and i guess it's it's kind of corny but it, it is really tight it's well wrapped it fits well in the bjork thing it's kind of it's kind of unexpected but it, it's truly fucking enjoyable still um the the beat on the remix or the beat on the original it's two completely different vibes like the remix is fresh as fuck compared to the original but the original gives a five because that vibe is next level incredible dobie's a little corny but the overall vibe of the the remix is still dope and it gets a 4.5 all right there's two more left on post to talk about so why don't we move on to cover me so apparently just the context of his song is the guy who worked with her on debut nelly whatever he um she reached out to him to work on post and he was a little hesitant to jump on working on this album because he wanted her to go up there and explore new avenues and, and kind of grow a little bit be go from being the little caterpillar into a butterfly in a sense and what's interesting is this one was completely produced by bjork so she made this one almost in an attempt to lure him into working on this project is this is from her words um so the lyrics to this song is while i crawl into the unknown cover me i'm going hunting for mysteries coming uh, cover me i'm going to prove the impossible exists this is really dangerous cover me but worth all the effort cover me so she's going out there to create this next album this next project whoops sorry about that where she's going to explore um the world and maybe she's afraid of of dealing with this album on her own and having to maybe have new trials and maybe be more of a project manager and less of a resource and 
you kind of feel the music is is airy and light it's the original is only two minutes long and it just kind of dingles in and it's calm and you just get the sense that she's a little bit timid here and she's just looking for somebody to come help her just have her back make her feel more secure more confident in the situation not that she's not going to do it you, you get the sense that she's going to do it either way but this is almost like a humble way for her to ask for help then we talk about the remix um so the remix of this track has the same bass essence of it only it's got this crazy drum and bass fucking feel to it that builds up and it goes from being a two minute song into where is it being a six minute and 22 minute second experience and i could tell you one thing i the the music is is a little better in the remix the drum and bass makes i love drum and bass so it's fucking next level for me lyrically it's the same shit but interlaced over this crazy beat where you kind of don't care about the lyrics no more because you're so up in the vibe of the situation but again it has like this mysterious this energy out there like fast paced like it's crazy almost like it's a little bit dangerous because she chose to use drum and bass so when we consider the chaotic nature of that rhythm pattern and we consider maybe the fear and the anxiety that go into the bass emotion of this track i think that it makes total sense either way the original uh is a 4.5 on 5 it's a short beautiful little track but the remix is next level amazing it's a 5 on 5 i fucking in my favorite track of both the whole original and the remix album is probably the cover me remix to me is that fucking dope um i don't have a lot more to comment on this one so as you can see i've got some headphones on i realized if i talk not facing the mic it kills the volume um i'm gonna take a guess that this whole song is like playing with sound like the way i mean, I guess sound engineering is evolved to a point where all these effects can come in and it kind of makes me think of my dad telling me these stories about the early national lampoon tapes where they would play up on the fact that you'd be stoned in a car and they would make you go left to right and back and front and play up on the effects because those is that's what the car stereo allowed you to do whereas bjork i can just picture as a girl with headphones on just like i'm a dude who rocks headphones as much as i can because you got the music playing all the time and i think this song is mostly about exploiting the way headphones can be used to to have these crazy little effects playing through and whatnot um i don't know it, it seems to be a little bit almost like a love letter to the music that saves our lives so we're not like genius to fall asleep to your tape last night so warm sounds to go through the muscles these abstract wordless movements move 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 they start off cells that haven't been touched before these cells are virgins waking up slowly so she just got the headphones on listening to some new music that you've never heard before i would say that my reaction to there's more to life than this might be what she's describing like when i heard that track i didn't even realize music could be made like that it lit me me up as if the cells that process that song are a virgin so music has this effect on you where it can excite you and delight you in that regard the chorus has my headphones they saved my life your tape it lulled me to sleep you know nothing will be asleep uh, the same i'm asleep and you know lyrically it's fine i don't really know a lot more to comment there but as you're listening to this song there's these little effects that come through there's multiple layers of her voice kind of panning left and right and hitting you at all angles and it really just feels like almost like this tracks a bit of an experiment a bit of a way to fuck around with the sounds and just kind of 
more create an enveloping experience, something that's almost comforting. Like, and if you think about the context of the city and this whole situation she's been describing, all these emotions and love and the the attraction of all this new stuff, you can imagine that a constant in her entire life, regardless, would have been the headphones and the music that plays through them as she's on the planes, as she travels, as she cruises the city and all of that. Maybe as she goes to bed and whatnot. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool and pretty incredible and pretty interesting to listen to. I dig the vibe more than I care about the lyrics on this one or her singing. I feel like it's just meant to be something that you sit there and you experience because it is so esoteric and fucking out there. And then when we flip to the remix version, it's almost like the vocals get squished the fuck down and all of the effects and the noise of the instrumental, which is very percussion-y, not so like crazy instrumentally, kind of get amplified so that you really get this other side of what this song is supposed to be. Again, like sometimes it seems like one version is meant to be more of the 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 flossy singy version and the other one is meant to just rip it all away and give you that instrumental inverse so that by putting the two songs together you can get almost a complete experience of the emotion that she's going for and i think she does that extremely well here i almost would recommend listening to both these songs back to back or, or just to get like a complete feel for it because it's it's interesting to see that contrast between the two of them because they do sound very similar but so so very different at the same time I gave both versions of the song a 4.5 on 5, and I really, really did enjoy listening to them. Okay, so typically, I guess you could say that would be the end of the album, because Bjork basically had this 11-track album. But you'll notice that two songs on the 11-track Telegram, sorry, two songs on Post are not on the 11-track Telegram, meaning that there is one more I would like to touch on for y'all, because the truth is, there is My Spine. Alright, so My Spine is a very strange song. It's with Evelyn Glennie. Uh, what is it that she plays here? I'm not really certain. This is dingly instrument that she's just it's just such a strange fucking sound in my opinion i haven't heard anything really like it i'm not really sure well i've heard shit like it before but like it's just almost xylophone ass like doo, 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 kind of like weird erratic it makes totally more sense to be on telegram with the erratic nature of the music as opposed to maybe the more pop sound of of, of the post so it totally makes sense i haven't heard the original i've only heard this telegram remix version this seems to be Bjork's getting a tingling sensation that runs down her spine when she sees beautiful people. Like, I adore her back of necks, beautifully shaven. It gives me always, 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 always. I, I said it a lot there to emphasize because she really drives it in. Like, like this always happens. Like, it's an exciting, like, almost something to look forward to, intense experience. A pretty rush down my spine. All those boys with fascinating fingers working, creating, touching their tools gives her a rush. Tell me stories. Play me the tunes that crack you up. You know, give her a rush down the spine. So it's almost like this is the opposite side of maybe the flirting track where you have her admiring these guys. Maybe they're working on stuff and she's just, you know, getting a little excited seeing them. And when she talks to an attractive guy that gets her excited, she gets this tingle going down her spine and shit. And it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting song i say that because like i've never really heard a song like this before like i don't listen to a lot of uh avant-garde music so hearing this was a very strange thing um i would like never go out of my way to put something like this on or even seek it out because it's so out there for me maybe in a few years i'll be super fucking into it 
but I still recognize good composition, good skillmanship, and all that shit. While this song is not for me, I gave it a 4.35 because it really fits this Telegram project. And when you listen to Telegram and you don't think about Pulse, like it just makes total sense to be here. It's the fourth track on the project. It's really great. Um, if you're into the weird shit, I highly recommend it. Um, on that note, it's time to wrap up. This is the, the end of the Post slash Telegram album review from Bjork. I gave Post a 4.668 on 5, and I gave Telegram a 4.51 on 5. I would consider Post to be a truly classic album to listen to. It's so incredible. So many great songs, such a diverse array of emotions, of sounds. Like, it doesn't really matter who you are. I believe that there's at least one or two tracks on that album you're going to fucking love. And on that note, you may find that you like ones I don't like and vice versa because it is such a versatile album exploring such a range of emotions. And then for Telegram, take everything I said there, jack it up to 10 on the emotion, jack down the, the flashiness of it, and you get this raw emotional experience, which feels like she made post because that's the album people would like and she made telegram because that's the album that best is what she would want to go out there and listen to and i guess that's the real lesson from here bjork understood how to split up the, the overall career moves to have like these marketable albums that people are going to love to finance maybe the more crazy shit that best express her taste and her interest and i love seeing just both sides of it her ability to create it all and to make it all sound so fucking great and so interesting to listen to so yeah that's what i gotta say about this i highly recommend listening to post and then if you're into the weird shit jump on telegram um thank y'all for watching this i totally appreciate you being here with me it means the world that you would come through i mean i've gotten some excited comments on the bjork review so i really really cannot wait to hear what you guys think or have to say about this review or about post and telegram and your experiences listening to it um on that note special thanks to the patrons ismail Gadamsi, dj black hurricane linda williams chris prado and jonathan barnes they support what we do they helped us get a new camera they're freaking incredible they get access to content early when we're on time they get to tell us what albums to review like lindell gets a request this week and then the next up is going to be jonathan barnes in a couple weeks so if you want to join us there you can kind of help us grow to the next level otherwise you can hit that subscribe button for more reviews you can hit that like button because you liked it you can leave that comment we can have a conversation i also make music myself dropped a project you can catch that over on this channel or on spotify or bandcamp or soundcloud or whatever the fuck you listen to it on you can find some links in the description and yeah that's the end of this one it's been a fucking pleasure have yourselves a wonderful day everyone and i will be back with the next bjork review and it looks like it's gonna be homogenic unless i check the discography and find out there's another one to do peace